So this is a very different show for us. It is our first ever live recording in person and also different in another way because we have a, a guest with us, our friend Lisa Curry. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. So we're all here in New York for different reasons, one of which being you actually live living here. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a fun little experiment. Hopefully it will work. I guess we'll only know when I get, stick all the audio together. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, a lot of things happened. And I, I, I'm annoyed that we have to talk about this story, which is the impeachment of the Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro, Alejandro Mayorkas. Yes. And it's like, this is just the dumbest story it's a political stunt. It's, it's a stunt, yeah. Clearly, yeah. I mean, it's it's a retribution by the Republicans for a whole host of things. It's, yeah, it's a public showing of what they can do. It's a flexing of muscle. It's a big show that they put on. It's political theater. It which is, is political theater, yeah. it's And it's terrible political theater. It's, yeah. It's, the thing that I always come back to with this kind of shit is... It, aren't Republicans uh, like voters upset about their money being wasted on this? No, it's not like they don't care. I don't you need roads and schools and shit. I mean, the funny thing is, yeah, you would think that. Well, one, it's obviously an effort that has no real chance of proceeding. Right. They're not going to get two thirds of the votes in a Democratic majority Senate. Like, yeah. it's not going to happen. Yeah. And they and they know that as much as anyone else. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how much their voters are paying attention, but. I think even if you ask their voters, does it bug you that they are wasting time on things like this when they're obviously a whole a slew of problems? It's not like we're a country without problems yeah. that they could be <laughs> focusing on. I think most of them would say no. I mean, because the party, I think because of Trumpism, has become a party who is so which is so obsessed with obstructionism as a means of sort of vengeance, like weaponizing mm -hmm. power just as yeah. a way of sort of preventing anything from happening. If, we, if, if you can't, if we can't do it, neither can you. We're just going to stand in your way. Yeah. And so I think they, the optics of this work really well for their base. Oh, yeah. And I think it's a show for their base. I think it's a, I think it's a base that really beginning in the Obama years said, what we want to see you do is just make sure that nothing gets done. And yeah. so they, they, they act out, they try to remove people, they put on shows and song, these kind of like a malicious song and dance. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is. Well, yeah, it is. No, it is. They basically, the Republican leaders, they know the agenda that they have. They actually can't enact it because yeah. people actually would be really pissed off at them. Like the whole repealing Obamacare or all these various things like the- Of uh, uh, Roe? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, over, the Dobbs decision, I mean. And so, yeah, basically they've decided that our objective is to make nothing happen. So like whenever I hear Joe Biden or some other Democrat being like, oh, this is a do nothing Congress. And it's like, yeah, they want it that way. But but I don't think it's just that they aren't trying to enact their own things because they think they would be widely unpopular. I think that they also believe that a gridlocked government works for them. It's it's not just that they are worried about backlash because public sentiment isn't on their side. It's that they really don't want sort of anything to happen. Well, and, and then also it allows the things to be done through the courts, which they control. And so 
That way, they're both, they don't have to have accountability for repealing Roe versus Wade or whatever. And then the stuff still gets done. And like, it is actually a really perfect anti-democratic reactionary scheme. Because, because if they did actually want their policies to pass, they wouldn't say, for example, that they want action on the border and then create bipartisan plans <laughs> about create, having action on the border and then vote against those same plans. So that is, that's a clear sign of an entire party that's acting in bad faith. Yeah. Well, that and I think that there's a number of Republican Congress people like Marjorie Taylor Greene that are just straight up illiterate. And I think she has to vote no because she can't read what's in there. So she's like, I guess it's going to be no on everything. I mean, like, that's all I can come up with because it doesn't make any sense for them, like you just said, Kelly, to come up with a bipartisan agreement and then vote no and then impeach i mean i know this is in the house but then impeach mayorkas for not doing something about the border when they just voted no to doing anything about the border ice the immigration immigration is and uh, immigration and customs enforcement bureau is now saying we don't have enough money to handle all of these migrants applying for asylum so therefore we're going to have to start turning them loose and it was literally the Republicans refused to provide them money. The Bundy, $700 million, yes. I think, in budgetary cuts. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> and so they're impeaching Mallorcas for not doing stuff on the border, but then also stopping him from having money to do yeah, stuff on I the mean, border. There, it, is a, it is this kind of serpent eating its own tail. Also, it is part of a larger strategy, which is this kind of scorched earth strategy in service of Donald Trump, right? Which is to make anything that is a problem to exacerbate it in the hopes that it will lessen Biden's chances for re-election. Yeah. Yeah. We have a we have a we have a candidate who is openly hoping for, very openly and and has said publicly that he would love for the economy to crash, uh, <laughs> that he would love for I mean he's wishing disaster on the entire country including his own voters who are fine with that. Because again, it's it, it it is not it is an it is not so much a political philosophy as it is an ideology of vengeance. But I think what this also fundamentally gets to is that when you decide that you are going to put in office a bunch of people who are running to serve in a government that they say they don't believe in, you're asking a self-proclaimed anti-government types to take part in the government, of course you're going to have a bunch of people running like into each other. Like, it's absurd. I mean, they shouldn't be there in the first place. So, Well, yeah, and, and I mean, what it boils down to is that they run on saying government doesn't work. And then when they're in power, they make it not work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, but, but with the, with the idea that of making people who disagree with them, which is the majority of people, so disgusted and dismayed by saying, oh, nothing works, nothing ever changes, nothing ever gets done. That's what they want to happen. Yes. It brings back the Steve Bannon quote, flood the zone with shit. Yeah. And and that doesn't mean just political noise. It doesn't. I mean, it does in some ways, but basically creates so much, so many bottlenecks and and so much confusion and chaos that that nothing means anything. I mean, it's the most sort of nihilistic approach. And it yeah, it is a way of depressing folks so that they feel like it, government's useless and what is what is the point of even taking part yeah exactly yeah and then another example of that is is their their policies with guns yeah i, mean, I was just gonna say we can't get fucking sensible i was just texting with a relative this morning about we we can't pass sensible and i hate that i have to say 
because in America, we're trained to say sensible gun legislation. Like I, I too have been brainwashed into having to say this thing because I have to say it in a way that doesn't yeah. upset everyone and say <laughs> sensible and make sure I don't sound too radical. Like it's like, like I'm talking about fucking killing machines. We should be able to have yeah. many policies on them, but we can't, we can't get stuff like that passed at a federal level because we have a number of people who are funded by the NRA who simply believe that this is the way of the state on, on the good side of some of their constituents. And someone, sorry, I'm a talker, sorry. Let me just really add. I, I saw the other day that someone on Twitter, and I really loved this idea, said, start naming mass shootings after politicians who get huge donations from the NRA. Yeah. And in my brain, it sort of sounded like the same way that we named Storm, Tropical Storm. <laughs> I personally think also, like, I mean, I grew up in the Midwest where there's anti-abortion signs and, like, billboards everywhere, everywhere, oh, yeah. everywhere more than any business. And then, like, I, I, this is a gruesome proposal, but I think we need billboards. There needs to be a national campaign of billboards of people just slaughtered in, because, like, I think we're so desensitized now to hearing about like, oh, people were shot, people were killed. And that's such an abstract concept versus like a child being shredded by the bullets of an AR-15 or whatever. Like that's like the photo. You mean, let's put the way that they're willing to put pictures of quote unquote, I mean, often manipulated, but of aborted babies, like pictures of children who've been slaughtered, the corpses of children. I think that, no, that's a great idea. I mean, this is, I'm I'm pretty brilliant. (laughs) I'm like, I just needed (laughs) the funding for this. Yeah. But that's also what started to turn people against the Vietnam War was seeing caskets coming home. And it's like, before that, it was just this abstract idea. A thing that happened. Yeah. Like something's going on over there. And and that's, uh, that's also what's changing hearts and minds on or maybe not changing maybe some people already felt that way about palestine which we're seeing kids completely mutilated and buried in rubble and so there is a lot of people speaking up about it yeah i think because of that i think otherwise like we have (laughs) we're hitting people all over the world but we're not seeing images coming out of syria or wherever else yeah no that's i think that's a a great a great idea because listening please fund it (laughs) i'll run it so the super bowl of course was last week as we're recording this and the the kansas city chiefs were the victors just like joe biden had planned and Mm -hmm. But and then when they had their victory parade, there was a mass shooting that happened, and 22 people were injured, and one person was killed, and 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 the thing that so was, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, so is what you're saying. So yeah, <laughs> another day in a red state, basically, sadly. But but and and that's the thing. Like you all, it, this was another example of. So one of the talking points of the right wing on guns is, well, you just need to, the way you stop a bad guy with a gun is is have a good guy with a gun. Mm-hmm. And the mayor of Kansas City was he he publicly stated we had eight hundred officers at this parade who were armed, and they couldn't stop it, and yeah. they couldn't stop. This still happened. All the all the people got shot, and it's just like. The answer, the problem is that there are too many guns in this country. That's this, really what it is. This is the thing. Whenever, uh, what makes me crazy is whenever people on the right are like, well, we just don't know how to stop it. We don't know what, it's like, there was a time in this country, not too long ago, when there weren't constant mass shootings. But like, Before the assault weapons ban was allowed to lapse. Huh. 
I mean, there's a there's a there's a really great newspaper. It's called The Onion, and they regularly <laughs> run this piece where the headline is "No way to stop this," says only country in the world where these shootings happen, or or <laughs> yeah. something of that sort, and it's perennially relevant because of the absurdity of that line. Well, that and I also think that Republicans are are or conservatives are more so the party that's like they're more hawkish and they're more they tend to like scream about veterans and stuff whether or not they're actually helping them and i'm like i would say that allowing regular citizens to have assault weapons is actually insulting to veterans because you're cosplaying as like some hero or some soldier or whatever and you don't have any of the training but you seem to think that you're part of some kind of fucking army and it's like you're it's disrespectful, I think, to veterans. Yeah. And I'm from the South. No one is walking into the woods and fucking using a no. semi-automatic rifle on a fucking deer. You can't eat that shit. So, yeah, it's just, it's ludicrous. Like, uh, but, but a lot of it is, see, it isn't just the NRA that, it, it isn't the NRA that did this, actually, because the NRA originally was in favor of gun control. Yes, but then the Black Panthers actually exercised that right and walked into the state house in California and Ronald Reagan got on some, uh, he he changed his position real fast. I mean, I always say, if you want to see gun control, start getting a huge, in mass, start getting black folks to join the NRA. We'll get gun control faster than your head has been. I mean, it's, it's, sad but it's absolutely true it's kind of it's it feels similar to the praying in schools thing in that way where it's like all right so why don't we (laughs) yeah teach islam in school why aren't we doing why aren't we praying to mecca in school like it goes to the the larger thing though that and it's something that we have talked about on this show a lot the idea of confederate christianity it is a backwoods fatalistic form of religious politics in which nothing is possible your life sucks and you should just accept it and <laughs> everything is terrible and just understand that you need to submit to your masters that's basically that like working in the entertainment industry actually <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean but at least you have at least you have sag and yeah but i i do think and it it is true that almost always when you talk about a societal ill that we have in this country it is often related to white supremacy and the, its long legacy and it's it's the fact that there's always going to be mission creep when you are trying to hurt a certain group of people there's basically a third of this country that owns the overwhelming majority of guns and and if if you were to question a lot of those people who are incredibly who live very fear-based lives a lot of them live in a state where they believe that they are surrounded by criminals and i the the image that they have of those criminals is certainly black folks very often right they live very far i mean there are these dudes who pack tons of guns and spend a lot of time in the gym who are so afraid to take the subway in New York because it might get, they might get hurt. <laughs> so I, I, I think that also recognizing the way that racism really is like a threat to national security in, <laughs> in a lot of 100%. ways. Right? Absolutely. And, uh, and, that's, and that should be, I think, embedded in our gun discourse. Yeah. Well, and, and then just to maybe wrap on this point, that it's also another example where these red states with their very lax gun policies, they are killing their own 
constituents. The, these right-wing politicians yeah. are killing their own voters, just like they did with COVID. Yeah. And like, and because and, I mean, that is the the reality of COVID for Republicans is that they killed off thousands, tens of thousands of their own voters. And like, yeah. it's very possible Donald Trump might lose because of those dead Republicans. I mean, that's the 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 weird irony of COVID is that it's possible mm -hmm. Donald Trump actually might lose because these old Republicans died who would have voted for him. It is, yes. I mean, hopefully enough of them. <laughs> 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 but also to Kelly's earlier point about these people running around scared and they're terrified of just even the idea of New York. Like, I'm a woman and I've traveled to, I think, 22 countries, most of which were on my own. I've traveled all over the Middle East. I've never been as scared as these people claim to be <laughs> on a daily basis. I'm like, I feel relatively safe. I don't understand, like, this idea that there's just hordes of criminals. Try not that there's not crime, but it's it's also easily avoidable if you're awake and have eyeballs. Yeah, like, I'd be far more terrified. And I am often far more terrified when I am in places where I know there are tons of guns than I am yeah. in New York City. New York City is an, a, a, one of the safest cities. I mean, for, for its scale, the number of people yeah, here, no all kidding. that, like car, crime is very, I'm not saying there aren't neighborhoods where people are constant, under-resourced neighborhoods where people aren't dealing with lots of crimes and things, but overall, it's an incredibly safe city. It's so, so many of these people live in places that are far more likely to encounter yeah, gun violence absolutely. than people that live in major cities. I and I even like growing up in Indiana. I'm only time I'm like really on edge is if I'm driving across the United States and I'm in some weird rural area because and this is like a meme I saw, but it it holds true. It's like rural white people just will shoot fucking anyone yeah. because they get angry and they just start shooting. And they're people. petrified. They live in a state of constant fear. They are convinced that they are under siege. Well, well and it. Yeah, and, and and it's yeah because literally everything they watch is that the Antifa is coming to kill you, illegal immigrants are coming to kill you. I wish we're not that lucky. <laughs> we were just talking about the Super Bowl, and one of the ideas that a certain contention of this country, hint hint, the it's conservatives, uh, <laughs> but has bought into is this idea that Taylor Swift is an op, like not a personal op of theirs, but like <laughs> it's like she's a psyop, and yeah. there is just a poll that, like a, a real poll that actually found out. I mean, this is a thing that was kind of happening. You, you were seeing it online, and there were lots of Republicans just sort of saying it, but there was an actual poll. I think it's by Monmouth University. Monmouth, yeah. Yeah, and it turns out that well, only eighteen percent of America. I mean, that's actually a pretty sizable number of. I was going to say only eighteen, but that's almost a fifth. That's pretty scary, but that the, that number is basically based on the fact that three quarters of Republicans self-identify Republicans. Well, that was three quarters of the people who believed it were Republican. That was how it was worded, actually. But yeah, no, and like one of the other funny things about this poll, and I'm really glad that the the director of the polling institute over at Monmouth University, Patrick Murray, he he noted in the press release about the poll that. The many of the people who said they believed in it had never heard of it until they asked until them. Right? They were heard, asked about it. <laughs> yes, and then they believed it instantly, just from being told about it in that question. 
I mean, to be fair, I believe most things I hear. Just face <laughs> value. Uh, yeah, apparently that's that is their heuristic. But like, no, like I mean, that's because that is like the the mindset. And I and that and I can say this like when I worked in right wing media, I was constantly having to tell my colleagues, no, don't do this story. It's not true. No, don't write about this. Take this down. What the hell is this? Did you even talk to anyone about it? Like, they didn't even fucking bother to no. look at anything. No, that is how the entire right-wing side of my family is. <laughs> it, and it's funny because I'm like, this isn't... It, maybe it's unfair, but my mom's side of the family are all Republicans, and my dad's side of the family are all Democrats. And my mom's side just, like, makes shit up out of thin air. They're listening to all these, like, shock jock Republican radio hosts. And the, the shit they're saying makes no sense. And, like, I've gotten into arguments with my mom before because she's the only person on that side I can even stand to talk to. And like, we'll, we'll get into arguments about the news where I'm like, no, these are like, I'll send her articles. And she's like, Oh yeah, I didn't hear that part. And I'm like, I know know you didn't. (laughs) The stuff you're hearing is bullshit and propaganda. Yeah. Well, no. And like, and that ultimately, like that was one of the big problems that I had working in right-wing media is that, I wanted unbiased and fair journalism that was accurate. But almost everybody that I worked with did not want those things. They wanted propaganda. They want because they were of the opinion that, well, we can be biased and unfair and inaccurate because that's how everybody else is in the in the in the liberal media. And and like I actually at the, over time got to know some people who were in the sort of media beat reporters and I, I saw these guys were they they were they cared about accuracy and they and they were concerned about being correct and and I was like you guys don't know what you're talking about but none of them had ever known anyone who was just a regular reporter and so everything is like it's so funny because like they if you're like a hardcore right wing Christian they love saying that anybody who's not them is like a moral relativist. You don't believe in truth at right. all. Like they harp on that constantly. And yet mm-hmm. it's actually them who is a is a factual relativist. Like in, from their standpoint, everything is a debate. Everything is a controversy. <laughs> Nothing is real. It's just a matter of opinion. I did my own research. You did yours. Right. I did my own research on YouTube. And like that's this poll, I think, is the perfect illustration of that. Because I mean, the idea that Taylor Swift, whose career began, what was it like in early 2000s, uh, mm-hmm. that all of this was a conspiracy to lead up to help Joe Biden in 2024, yeah. whom she had already endorsed in 2020. And like this was some big secret that no one knew about until right now. I'm actually going to take it back farther than that and say her dad started his trucking company, Swift Trucking, so that he could become a millionaire so that he could someday have a daughter that could then be a psyop for the yeah. Democrats. I mean, I, I think it's that far back. Well, the, also, the nuttery of, to me, and I know I've mentioned this before, but I think if you went back a decade and said, there, we're going to, Taylor Swift, that girl who's kind of Christian coded and whose kind of entire image is rooted in this idea of, white American girl innocence who's sort of like America's cheerleader and sweetheart and, and very Christian coded. She is going to start dating a white football player. So it'll be the merging of kind of the like white womanhood purity brand with the NFL brand. 
And they are going to become a couple that is highly visible and that the people who will hate it most are conservatives. If, you had, if someone had said that to you 10 years ago, you would have thought that yeah. person was insane. Yeah. That's how far we've come. I mean, we're two steps away from them being lizard people. Yeah. <laughs> that may already be starting somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, and like, anyway, but I guess speaking of country music, somebody who is doing a reverse Taylor Swift is Beyonce Knowles uh, going. It's a good example of, I mean, there are some positive trends in country we have to acknowledge. And one of them was at the Grammys recently, you know, where there was that show. Ooh, hold on a second. Huh? Taylor Swift started in country. Beyonce's yeah. going to country. Guys, I think we have another country. <laughs> She talks about, oh, kind of being countrified all the time. It's a theme and just like her general presence. She had a song called Daddy Lessons. That was like very obviously a country song, right? And the video was even sort of very like country oriented. Like it's very steeped into like who she is. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a theory that Renaissance, which was very much her last album and 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 the mo the mo moment at which I became most interested in Beyonce because in the past it's like, yeah, she's got some bangers, but I've just never been a big fan. But that album was great. And this is like part two. It's literally called like part two. And there's this theory that maybe part three will be rock and that she's doing a reclamation of music that has black roots that have sort of been sublimated, that have been like ignore, ignored or whitewashed and and and, well, and, and for her, it's a, diff a way of doing something different because like, I mean, that's a lot of musicians. Sure. But to to I think that an act of reclaiming of music that now is not generally recognized for the roots sure, that yeah. are yeah. very, very purely black, and there is nothing, no genre that is more that is, that is more true about than country, really says something. So I wouldn't be surprised if the next volume was rock. All that said, so she released these two singles. I actually think they're both pretty dope. I was kind of amazed. I'm not a person who really likes modern country. Yeah, I, I, I actually heard one of them, and I, I didn't even know it was her. I was like, oh, this is pretty good. And then at the end, they're like, oh, that was Beyonce. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> And it's funny because I think just because, like, I mean, look, she knows how to put out a, a catchy song, right? And they're both and has a lot of people to help with that. She is not all all alone in her room, which is a <laughs> hovel somewhere with the, with her with her meager finances. She etches out these songs. So, sort of immediately after she puts this song out, which is really catchy. There are all these clearly country fans who start doing like TikTok, singing along to songs and or, or displaying line dances. Ha ah, isn't it cute? And then immediately, probably within 48 hours, I see that John Schneider of Dukes of Hazard fame is on, I think it's OAN, where he gives a speech. They're complaining about Beyonce making a country song because it is an example of the way that the liberal left has to take over everything. I think the quote from John Schneider was the, the liberal left is like dogs that have to pee to mark every territory as their own. <laughs> That's shit that you guys just borrowed because black folks did make that music. And two, what the fuck are you talking about? Like the idea yeah. that this is some operation. I think that Taylor Swift came up in the conversation. I mean, she had to. Have. <laughs> yeah. These people are just so delusional. The fact that they are turning it into an actual conspiracy that Beyonce, who 
I don't give a fuck what the optics of optics were of her Super Bowl performance. Like to categorize Beyonce is a hard left oh, performer is in and of itself absurd. This is a woman who doesn't do anything other than say, yeah, I like Democrats. Of the day before the election. I mean, there is there a greater symbol of black capitalism than Jay-Z and Beyonce? I don't think so. Who collectively yeah. are worth definitely more than a billion Well, and it's also like Taylor Swift and Beyonce both having done country and both being Christians. It's, it's like, aren't these the things that you yeah. say you're looking for in a person and now you're attacking them? And it's yeah. also like not... All country fans are conservative. Yeah. I mean, it's largely conservative, but it's also like, what? It's not yours. Yeah. Or even take from you anyway. Like, what? It wouldn't go home and take a nap. Yeah. Which, again, it, it goes back to Confederate Christianity. Like, that's really what it is that you can't be like Taylor Swift cannot do this because she's a Democrat. Beyonce Knowles can't do this because she's black. That's really what it comes down to. And they've, they, this was their safe space. Another thing, like they always claim to hate yeah. all these things, but in fact, they fucking love it. They love identity politics. They love safe spaces. Yeah. They love canceling people. Nothing they say is real except we want power. That's it. Everything else, oh, yeah. fungible. Well, and as far as also canceling people, when they quote unquote cancel, like when the, when the left quote unquote cancels somebody, it's someone who's a serial rapist and <laughs> yes it, it, 10 times out of 10 they go on to make way more money than they ever did pre-canceling yeah and when the right quote-unquote cancels people it's trump attacking citizens for having on, an opinion online and then they're getting docs they're getting rape threats they're getting death threats yeah. it, it, like <laughs> they don't start making more money otherwise i would be praying to get canceled by the right. <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. No, and like i personally was canceled by the right wing like because i had a different viewpoint and like they absolutely love canceling people and yeah and the and also just the idea that she will somehow swoop in and radically alter country. I mean, there is an entire infrastructure set up there. There was a there was a piece about an Oklahoma radio station that was saying that it was refusing. It, it had gotten calls and requests to play her songs, and it was refusing to. They've now backtracked and they started playing it. I think because there was so much outcry and they got so many calls, but. I, do I expect for when Daddy Lessons came out, it was a really huge deal because Beyonce, I think, had performed and CMT, no, sorry, the, the Country Music Station and the Country Music Awards did not place the video online, right? They had left up the other videos of the other performers. So, I mean, obviously... Is, is there something really... different about her, do you think? Or... Yeah, I mean, I don't, I couldn't, I, I feel like there's, I feel like they feel like there's something different about her, but I couldn't put my finger on what it was. So obviously there is going to be a a tension there that I'm pretty sure isn't just based on politics. And just the, I, I think it's just so absurd that they're even entertaining or putting out there this idea that like Beyonce is coming in and like, it's lost forever. We're, it's, mm -hmm. it's. It's it's done. It's out of our hands now. Like it's just not going to look that way anyway. And it's yeah, it's one album by one person. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it comes down to. Well, I guess we got to get into our little quick hit segment here, where we go through a bunch of stories quickly. I think the funniest of these that I saw recently was Donald Trump. He's now trying. He's he's clearly stung by all of the accurate takes that he's losing his mind and falling apart. Now he's trying to claim that he meant to confuse 
Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> he meant to say that Nikki Haley was in charge of security on January 6th. That he meant to do that, you guys. I totally meant to do that. <laughs> he got us there. Uh, yeah, everybody knows he's telling the truth, guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i surprised that he was even coherent enough to backtrack and say that he was being sarcastic. <laughs> Does he have an excuse for why he kept calling calling Matt Gates the other day, Rick? He hasn't done that one. No, I haven't seen that excuse yet. That, did, has he had an excuse for why he didn't recall in one of his recent speeches that he had actually, that Biden had been Obama's VP and that he had run against Obama. He actually did talk about the Obama-Biden confusions as well. So and he claimed that Obama's really running Joe Biden. And so that's why I say I continually confuse the two of them. I, oh, well, yeah. egg on my face for bringing it up. <laughs> Get it right, Kelly. <laughs> I wonder also, like, is this something because he, he has a team around him. I would love to see the behind the scenes of someone running up to him like, sir, uh, Mr. President, Mr. Re you mixed up Nancy Pelosi and Nikki Haley. Yeah, I think you need to make a statement. No, you, yeah, no, you got to make a statement. We, we wrote something for you. No, it's on a flashcard. No, it's just a picture of an apple. Like, it's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But see, you know what, though? Like, I do feel like this shows, though, because now finally the Biden team is starting to hit Trump all the time about this stuff, because when it when it when it boils down to it, the case for Donald Trump in 2024 is Joe Biden has dementia. That's really the only argument that yeah. they ever make that you ever hear on Fox News or right wing mm -hmm. media anywhere. And, and basically, when you tell the truth that, well, actually, Donald Trump is far more demented and crazy and in, like an insane person, in addition to wanting to be a dictator, like that takes away and neutralizes the only thing that he could have possibly said to make somebody want to vote for him. And there it's this is a touchy subject, clearly, I think. Yeah, it's so, also like I <laughs> I think a lot of people over 80 have or, or over 75 have fucking dementia that are in the government. <laughs> like, There's no way these people are they're They're not functioning. It's like, OK, so we're all on equal footing then. Let's say they all have dementia. Great. And then what? <laughs> like, well, and then what? Yeah, because then the next step is, well, you're really voting for who are their advisors. And case is pretty clear. All of Donald Trump's advisors are insane. They're nuts. And Joe Biden's advisors, I mean, say what you will about them, but, you know, in terms of being whether they're too centrist or whatever, at least they're fucking qualified mm -hmm. to do their job. At least they know what they're talking about, whereas Trump's just like grabs people off the street that said nice things about him. And, and that's who is his advisor. And then people that go and march in on the Capitol. Like that's that's what a Trump advisor is. So because I mean I mean the the whole Trump administration, the when he was actually the president, showed that unfortunately you can have a person with a mental capacity of a toddler be the president and the country wasn't ruined. Well <laughs> at least for a little while. And it so still exists. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So like, even if Joe Biden was completely not there, I mean, the reality is. I mean, the, the Reagan existed. That's right. And Reagan's another example of that. But instead of being operational, then they have a team of, and this is what would happen next round. They have a team of hyper competent people who will do all the damage for them. So, yeah. yeah. And this time around, he will ensure last time. It didn't work because, you know, that he didn't have the right level of competency among his people. But this time they're being vetted. Yeah. So that's why the team matters even more. Yeah. And, and the reality is, I mean, Joe Biden has passed a huge amount of legislation 
-hmm. like that is a fact and confirmed actually even more judges than Donald Trump did. And everybody noted that. And so like, I mean, Biden actually for, for a guy who is completely, according to them, a potato or something, he's, he's done a lot of stuff and it's, and it's fair to point that out. And people who, you know, who are targeted by the right wing, who are on the left, like they absolutely want you to think that nothing positive has happened in this country. And, and that's a lie. A lot of good stuff has happened. And obviously there could always be more, but yeah. we need to keep that in mind. All right. Well, here, Kelly, why don't you go to the next one? Yeah. So a, wait, let me just, so there's a white state rep representative from Kentucky named Jennifer Decker, who recently said that her father had been a, Slave. Her father was born <laughs> in 1933, 68 years after slavery was ended under the 13th Amendment. Her claim was that, and I'm going to quote her here, my father was a slave just to a white man, and he was white. So this means she's going to become pro-union, clearly. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It it's just such an absolute. I mean, the she first of all she said this in the during a speech in front of the local NAACP. Sorry, the what? middle in the middle. I'm sorry. On the first day of Black History Month, just in, insanity. But again, this goes along with so many of these white conservatives. Both, I think, as just a rhetorical tactic as a way of arguing and also because of maybe their own personal needs this kind of self-pitying put upon aggrieved entitlement that they have for both of those reasons they are so determined mm -hmm. to 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 have us believe that they are the most put upon folks in and this oppressed. country yeah it's like i don't understand it's like this feels like a very la thing but it it it's like when rich people cry poor and they're like, I mean, I've worked for millionaires for years and they were like, you're not rich. I'm like, well, your husband makes 10 million a year plus bonuses. <laughs> so that feels like kind of rich to me. And I'm like, I'm not, I, nobody I'm sure wants, they're like, we're middle class. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> wants the award of most broke, most oppressed. I mean, like, except for fucking white people. And I don't understand. I'm like, I don't, I am happy to not have gone through the things other people went through. Like, I'm, I'm not like, yeah, fuck you. I didn't have to deal with that. But I'm also like, why, why would you claim that? That's psychotic. And like, in, she went on to further explain that her, in her defense, that I'm not saying I'm defending her. She's explaining in her own. <laughs> no, we, we got that. <laughs> so I'm like, just like, let's be super clear. That she said his, he was the illegitimate son between his mother and some rich white man. And that, that the rich white man allowed him and his mother to, quote unquote, work as slaves in exchange for like, I guess, clothing and shelter or whatever. I'm like, I think you mean your mom was a housewife <laughs> and you did chores. I, yes. I think that that's the experience of quite a lot of children and mothers what the fuck are you talking or at about? the very least that's a yeah. that's a sharecropper experience like at worst that's what it is uh, and that's not slavery sorry <laughs> it, it's so and it's also like they were i'm sure free to leave they could have gone to a shelter it's not like they would have been hunted by the police like this is it's it so absurd but but oh but i was gonna say no like the, the this is their idea 
of outreach to black people. <laughs> like, because they said, because she said this at an NAACP meeting, right? And like, this is what the message that they have for black people. This is the Rachel Dolezal of Congress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of whom, Jess got fired from her teaching job because she has an OnlyFans, but I digress. Oh, I did not know that. That was huge news yesterday. Talk about burying the lead, and it wasn't even in, in that tweet. It just says, teacher gets fired for OnlyFans. Oh, you had oh. to click it, and then they immediately showed a picture of Rachel <laughs> This is a total aside, but do you guys know who the comedian Yasser Lester is? Mm-mm. He's He's so fucking funny. He's so funny. He's a black guy, and he, a few years ago requested a cameo from her and she fulfilled it and he was asking her for advice on navigating being a black man in america (laughs) and it is he posted it publicly and it's one of the funniest things i've ever seen i absolutely do know this guy he is half palestinian half black and he was on black friday yeah he's so fucking funny and he does stunts like this all the time and that's just like to anyone listening go look it up and make your day <laughs> oh my god she time. reached out to him no he he bought a cameo from her and oh he bought a cameo from her he was oh, like i, I know, love it i want to know how to navigate being a black man in america and she fucking did it she fulfilled the cameo well yeah we'll have to see what that is yeah <laughs> it's amazing in other news, of course, we have that George Santos, after being expelled from Congress, his New York congressional seat. I missed um, him already. <laughs> Get yourself a cameo. <laughs> yeah. That's right. We, we need to have him do a cameo for Doom Scroll, Lisa. That's what we need. <laughs> we absolutely need that. Absolutely. No joke. <laughs> So his, so he got expelled, and then the Democrats in the special election that happened this week, they won the seat by a pretty comfy margin. Tom Suozzi, I, don't know, I think that's how you say it, Kelly. Yeah, I, I pronounce it differently every time. <laughs> <Okay>. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry, Italians. You're, you're not here on the show. We can't, we can't take your advice. But And he, Tom Suozzi had the seat before. He needed to resign, and then Republicans took it over. He had, was trying to run for governor. Anyway, so he came back and picked up the seat. And Matt Gates, the general Republican shithead, decided, of course, to turn this into a racist reaction. Of uh, course. Because, although weirdly enough, since Santo is, Santos is Hispanic, but he was like insulting the Republican candidate who was a... Ethiopian immigrant, and he, he, he Matt Gates's reaction was, it, it turns out DEI isn't a real good strategy for Republican candidate recruitment, was his response. So another way to get black people to vote Republican, right, Kelly? <laughs> yeah, the Juans and the Jaleels or whatever that comment is that he made the other week about how they... Oh my God, I missed that one. Oh, it's a real treat. He said something like, we don't need Karen's. Oh, yeah, yeah, white yeah. women because we're going to have Jam- Jamal's and Juan's. Julio, it was Julio. Julio, sorry, I get I, I get my ethnic slurs confused. Oh, yeah, for every Karen we lose, we'll get a Julio. What are we doing? Why is he still here? He, he also apparently said that he was not going to be watching the Super Bowl because the performance of the Negro National Anthem. Black, sorry, Black National Anthem. Which, yeah, and by the way, like, that just as a little aside on that, like the right wing, that's all they've been talking about recently. And like, 
unofficially people call the song that, right? But it's not like somebody, that, that wasn't the intent of writing it to say, we're going to have a song that's only for black people who have an alternative to the- uh, Like every the, single thing that absurd. was, like every single fucking thing from HBCUs to Miss Black America to, to Black History Month, the reason why black people came up with their own institutions is because they were systematically excluded from yeah. white institutions. And mm -hmm. so they came up with their own colleges. They came up with their own beauty pageants. They came up with their own college funds. They came up with myriad things because white folks very specifically said, no, you are not allowed here. The Black National Anthem was written in fucking 1900 by James Weldon Johnson. It was a way for black folks to have a song that represented them in a country that had essentially told them you your citizenship is not valid and so yes we continue to cherish it as something that has long represented us in a country that has never quite seen us as full members of it and the fact that white people now suddenly go well why do you have this and why do you have that as if it's some <laughs> kind of special privilege mm -hmm. it's so absurd and it actually just points to the fact that just the, the kind of like ahistoricism that is so prevalent in this country is but, is their problem. Yeah, by people who claim that they respect the history and they obsess over the history and mm -hmm. know this is how things were. And it's yeah, and it's and it's all shit. But what what and so yeah, anyway, but like but as another example related to that, the idea of the black church, of course, was another institution that was created because of segregation and mm -hmm. the African Methodist Episcopal Church, which is, of course, the oldest black church association in the United States. And, and they operate the oldest black publication in the United States. Long before the Civil War, the Christian Recorder is run by the Bishops Association over there. And they came out with a statement calling for the United States to end all financial support of Israel because of, of the all the people that they're killing in, in Gaza. Wanton murder and destruction of an entire people. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. Like, I, my hat's off to them for... I mean, it, that is a really huge deal. One of the things that I think was... I think there was this idea that black people were particularly vocal about what was happening in Palestine, but they, these were black leftists, that they were younger, that they weren't church going, that they were less traditional. They were sort of alienated. But to have black bishops, like it, folks in the black church, one of the blackest and most historic church churches in America saying, putting out a statement like this really is massive. Like, it really is a big deal. Yeah, and, and it's it's significant also because a lot of these churches that are members of this association, like, they have always had a very strong affinity for Israel because... Absolutely. Because, I mean, ever since the time of slavery, like, that was a way of dealing with the oppression that they had meted out to them every day was to identify with... Yes. With the Israelites in the Exodus. <laughs> the idea of Zion has a very central place in the black theocratic tradition. That's right. And so, yeah, so this is hopefully the Biden people will sit up and pay attention. I mean, I don't think they're going to because Biden just keeps saying, well, I, I had a stern talking to with Netanyahu and then and then I gave him some more money. It's like it's <laughs> it's like millennial parents, like millennial parents were abused by their par or by their parents. And so they let their kids fucking run amok. And I know that's like a broad 
statement, but <laughs> uh, you know, they spoil the shit out of their kids and give them money and whatever. And then it's like, well, why are they acting like this? It's like, they don't have, they, you have no system of punishment for them. There's no, uh, like they can do whatever they want and they know that. And it's this, this is happening. I, I Like it's, I think, and I've said this before, I think on our podcast, Matt, but I feel like all these older establishment Democrats like like Biden and Pelosi and everything, they came up at a time before social media. So they came through the system at a time when people weren't seeing yeah. the bullshit they were lying about in real time. And we weren't able to respond to it in real time. And now it's like, oh, no, there's people have camera phones in Gaza and are showing us what's happening yeah. and it's being broadcast to the whole world. And it's you can't pretend this isn't happening anymore and we can literally like i have watched within seconds tweets that the idf or just the israel account has has put out it's it's accounts of things that have happened it's descriptions of what it's just done it the goodwill actions that it's undertaken and inevitably it's someone is on scene who can show me footage i mean what you're saying yeah. that counters it or they can tell me that what what they're showing that looks like an act of goodwill is actually something that they sourced yeah. from uh-huh. ukraine 10 years ago yeah so yeah i i i do think that yes i don't think this will have a very big i mean first of all the democratic party doesn't give a fuck about what black people say until it's election time so it will be several months before this would even matter to them honestly yeah but yeah i just i think that they are from a different era and 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 they and the hostility that they are willing to show towards folks in the party, and we talked about this before, who are pushing for a ceasefire and, and trying to get them to sort of see the light on this is just speaks volumes about how disinterested they are and changing on any yeah. of that. Yeah, that's their story, and they're sticking to it permanently. I mean, the good thing is. Eventually, they will have to retire, <laughs> whether it's the Dianne Feinstein way or of their own volition. But yeah, the Dianne Feinstein way. She's still serving, right? <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, nice. I think she died six years ago. <laughs> but she is still serving. <laughs> and if you want her to step down, goddammit, you are being sexist. <laughs> yeah. You looked really scared. Oh, yeah, office. I was like, no, Lisa. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I, I am too innocent for my own good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay, so I think maybe before we get to the last story, we should maybe say about what is going to happen on the show here. Oh. Yeah. So... Um, well, I am going to be taking, this is Callie here. I'm going to be taking a bit of a hiatus and I'm not quite sure for how long because I am leaving the city and taking a job as a zookeeper at a Thai <laughs> elephant sanctuary. <laughs> just kidding. That's a, that is my live stream though. That's how I want to go out in the end. But yeah, I just, I have some stuff that I have to attend to in the meantime and yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss it. And hopefully in the future as, as stuff kind of gets sorted out, I'll be back and I'll, maybe I'll do some guest stuff in the in the in the meantime but it's it's not so much a goodbye as it is a pause button as a as it is a pause yeah yeah we definitely did want people to know that so with that said I guess we can get into our last story but yeah yeah I will definitely miss doing it for a little while so I look forward to I mean we'll obviously be talking 
to each other, but for the for the viewers who don't exist because this is a podcast, <laughs> for the listeners, it I will see you guys at some point in the future. I just don't know when. But it's nobody's dying though, so just yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not dying. And neither are those elephants because I'm going to be taking good care of them. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, somebody who I think maybe I don't want to wish death on anybody. Well, who we who we wish we had a break from. Ian Miles Chiang. (laughs) Well, no, besides him is Dinesh D'Souza. So as people probably know, he was the guy who came up with that awful, awful crockumentary 2000 (laughs) Mules, which... And a convicted felon. Yes, convicted felon. Yeah, got to say that. He and I tortured myself and watched it three times, actually. No. I could not get myself to do no. it. I, I, I wanted to just to see what, and I just, I couldn't get myself. No, the first time I watched it just for laughs. And then the second time I was watching it to document it because I actually called him out on, on Twitter and like on and like detailed list of everything that was wrong with the film. And I was like, Debate me, asshole. And of course, he was too afraid. Because that's the thing. Like, all these guys are like... Wait, wait, wait. I need to hear why you watched it the third time. You can't just skip third, over that. Well, the third time was I was just... The third time he had started to agree with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hold on a second. Had, the had, the third time you were time. selecting which quote to get tattooed. Yeah, he's like, remind the tape. I just noticed something. I had to <laughs> uh, was, yeah, was No, I was just fact-checking myself because... <laughs> That's the thing about these guys is that yeah you have if you're not a hundred percent correct on everything that you say if you make one little flub they'll be aha those fifty other things you said are false because yeah. this one little thing was not quite a hundred percent true it was only ninety five percent so but as it happened I was a hundred percent correct thank you very much <laughs> but of course that movie was not correct in really any way and in the group that was the source of the claims of it this. Very Orwellianly named, I, I think I said that right, group calling itself True the Vote. And they claimed that they had an inside mole in, with a progressive organization in Georgia and that this person had been a mule who was taking ballots from people and then filling them out for them and then putting them in mailboxes or drop ballot drop boxes and that they rigged the whole election in Georgia for Joe Biden. And then... <laughs> oh, can you imagine filling out 11,000 ballots? I, it's just it's, No one has the time for this. Well, I mean, you, you would if George Soros was paying you the big bucks like he's paying me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, name your price. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but and no, but like that is the thing, though, is that it, I mean, it's just so much fucking work to have done all this stuff. So without you'd have to be having a bunch of people involved in it. And there is no fucking way people just run their mouths about every goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's leaks about everything, including shit a lot less important than this. Yeah. And so anyway, so the Georgia Bureau of Investigations and the Secretary of State of Georgia sued them. They're like, OK, you say you have this stuff. You say you have evidence that this these things happened and put up or shut up. Up or shut up. And they admitted in court in December, but it didn't get published until this week. We don't have anything. We don't. They claim to have like non-disclosure agreements. They claim to have had all all kinds of stuff. And and then they had under finally they responded to Sabina and said no, we don't have anything to produce. 
I mean, it's just so amazing, though, the elaborate lies. I mean, these are detailed, elaborate lies about documents they supposedly have. This is like a two-hour movie, yeah. And all lies. Yeah. All lies. Yep. Mm -hmm. Just the most unscrupulous people in the fucking world. He seems like one of the dumbest people of of all time. And I'm talking (laughs) since since B.C. (laughs) Do you think he actually believes it? Because some of these people, I'm like, I know they don't believe it. Even at Dartmouth. He, as a student at Dartmouth, he was notorious for writing some of the most uh, inflammatory shit ever. He dated Laura Ingraham when he was there. Did he yep. is? I mean, from way back, he has been an. Awful- that's how you know there's something wrong with her. Oh, yeah, that's how I know. Yeah, yeah, not the other, <laughs> not the other evidence. Hey, but still, you know that that's a pretty big mark against you. I have to say, out of all the guys at Dartmouth that she could have dated, it was he, she dated him. <laughs> Um, he's dating Ann Coulter as well. Yeah, that's right. She's another one. I have had so because she's done the Comedy Central roast, and I've had so many friends try to tell me they're like, she's actually really nice in person. She loves comedy. She dates black guys. I'm like, I don't care about any of those yeah. things. What she has a whole crew of about? gays. Yeah. Okay. Like, who she gives a fuck? To a volcano. Like, yeah. Get the fuck out of here because it's also like you're the stuff you're spreading is doing so much more damage than anything good you could possibly yeah. do or anything like not even good it's not like it's charitable to for her to date black guys or like like comedy it's like you're just being a normal human person but it, but even if you let's say that like she has this whole other life and it's purely performative that's even worse because that means you understand what you're doing and yet yeah. you are putting out some of the most vile shit that that actually creates really harmful effects for people yeah and and, and like you even see that more in the present day compared to this earlier stuff with her because like now she attacks donald trump on twitter yeah and says he's she actually wished death upon him which was which i mean i hate to have something in- right i know i hate it but yeah she's horning in on your stick there <laughs> The one other time I agreed with, and this is, God, more than 10 years ago, but the one other time I found myself agreeing with Ann Coulter, and I hated, hated agreeing, but is when she said, people who don't know who they're voting for, swing voters who, and undecided voters who every election are like, those people are idiots, because how do you not understand what, and I was like, yeah, because you don't understand how the two parties work? What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, stop giving these people so much attention. That was that was the one other time. So yeah. twice, twice we've agreed. Yeah, but like, and, and and I see people who are lefties who will retweet her criticisms of Trump nowadays, and it'll be like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm retweeting Ann Coulter. Well, then don't fucking do it. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> yeah. No, you can. Or just nod politely and keep keep it moving. Said an obvious point. Okay. Very good. To the true the vote shit though. I mean, imagine though, now, like this news that they are retracting their allegations in court under penalty of perjury. How many of the people who saw 2,000 mules are going to know about this? Like, I can't. I don't think very many. Well, considering the poll that we saw recently that a a staggering number of Republicans aren't even aware that Donald Trump is the charges that he's facing or the cases that he's in, like, they definitely don't know about and it's not getting reported on any of the sources that they watch. No, yeah, you can be damn sure Fox is not going to talk about it. But I mean, I would say, and 
If you are feeling masochistic as, as a listener and you have a MAGA relative in your life, this might be a story to talk about them with to make sure yeah. that they know about because this is irrefutable. It isn't, this isn't some godless commie like Callie telling them. <laughs> you flatter me. <laughs> that, that, that Trump really lost. This is the groups themselves saying, yeah, we got shit. We came up with butt kiss. Um, so if you're feeling masochistic, you can let us know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and good luck to you. And on that, I think we are signing off, yeah? And again, I'll be looking forward to see you see. I keep saying seeing as if this is <laughs> this is not a visual show, but. It's still a little weird having done all this in person, but it's nice yeah. though. I, I, I like it. Yeah. It, it, first of all, let me just say that this is the first time that I'm meeting Lisa in person. Oh, yeah. So it's yeah. lovely to be in the same yeah. room with you. It's, it's um, nice. And yeah, I will be back in whatever form that happens and I'm looking forward to it. Glad Lisa could be here with us for our little temporary pause. Yeah, great. Lisa is also going to be doing some shows in the tri-state area and while while you're around. Yeah. And so we're going to get to see her live and so I'm super psyched about that. I'm I'm really excited. Sunday's going to be a good time. And then the 27th of February through March 12th I'm overseas. Do you have any overseas listeners cuz I'm in I'm all Probably. over Europe doing shows. So. Where where are you? I'm just I'm curious. I'll be in London, Utrecht, Netherlands, Antwerp, Luxembourg, the city of Luxembourg and Cologne, okay. Germany. So I'm very very, very excited. I'm, I'm headlining two festivals and then I have, I'm splitting a bill with my friend Roel, who's super funny, Roel Coley. And, and then I'm also headlining just a couple club nights in Luxembourg. Yay. I love Thanks. you going to Luxembourg. I love I'm it. always so curious I've about that I've never been. It's like, it's a principality, not a, so anyway, it's <laughs> yeah. just like a really well, weird. Join me. It'll be yeah. the 7th and 8th of March. So. Take a lot of pictures there. <laughs> yeah, definitely will. And for all my show dates and information, please go to my Instagram page website instagram page account olympian lisa curry yeah and you'll, you'll be able to see and hear lisa on doom scroll as well with me and kelly will be there occasionally so yeah all right well that'll be it for this one thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you later bye, bye.